I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. I'm bombarded by people being like, Leo season. I'm like, I think I need new friends. I, why do Why do I know it's Leo season? Like every day, somebody in my feed is like, Leo season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, uh, it, to me, it feels like one of those, like, uh, they're just preempting shitty behavior. Yeah. Like, sorry, something is in fucking retrograde. And like, well, you can still make adult decisions though, right? Yeah. Mercury is in retrograde. Oh, right it now, is? Uh, see, I didn't know it that. It will be out of it, I believe, on August 2nd. All right. Isn't it always there kind it of retrograding though? I feel I like it is. it's always in retrograde. I think, retro- retro- I, think retrograde. I don't know. I think girls with bangs are always telling me it's in retrograde. Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> I'm diking out, you're diking out. Let's dike out together. See what it's all about. Diking out, diking out, diking out, diking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast with hundreds of five star reviews on Apple Podcasts and a handful of one star reviews. One which just reads, Sarah is trash by an account called Sarah is trash. I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I am Sarah York. And trash. I believe. <laughs> I'm almost positive that one was about me. <laughs> Oh, and today we are diking out with Olivia Levine about OCD, a.k.a. Obsessive Compulsive Disorder. Uh, Olivia is an actor and comedian and is also the co-host of the monthly show, I Think We're Alone Now, which she runs at our home away from home, The Stonewall Inn. Oh, we're familiar. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. You're also friends with a bunch of past guests of the podcast. Yeah. Er uh, Erica. Erica, yes. Has Wazina been on the podcast? Wazina's been on the podcast. There you go. And Alyssa. And Alyssa. Yeah, Great. mutual friends. Yeah, yeah, and there I could love be that. more. Uh, it's becoming our very own little social network. Well, I think it was 
it was Alyssa who was like, oh, do you know these two women? They're so funny. They run a show at Stonewall. I'm like, I have no idea who these people are. And she's like, no, no, you must know them. I'm like, I literally have like, mm-hmm. haven't heard of them. And then like, finally, once we started doing our Stonewall show, you guys came we, to support. We popped up. Yeah. yeah. And then I went to one of your shows and I'm like, they're so funny. How did I not know right. about these two humans? Uh, well, thank you. That's yeah. great. Well, actually, people think we're you sometimes. Like, when we say we have a show at Stonewall, they're oh. like, oh, yeah, like the dykey thing. And I'm like, well, it's dykey, but I think I like, you're, you're thinking like, about you're on the right Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. the dykey thing. I mean, Stonewall needs more dykey things, so I'm Stonewall glad that we're Definitely need yeah. more dykey things. Yeah. I also think we, I don't, I think we might have been, like, the first like just like straight not 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 straight comedy but like the first comedy like yeah. situation there that wasn't like drag or like okay. yeah cool yeah. we didn't really have a lot of comedy when we like slid in there a uh, couple quick announcements our next show at Stonewall is August 26 and we'll announce the lineup for that soon and then also um, I'm going to be doing stand up comedy on the west coast again and also Chicago uh, in September I mean I think I haven't solidified that much yet but um keep an eye out for that you can go to cbcomedy.com to get dates and stuff and i'll be posting new dates up throughout august so i'm looking forward to that and hope to meet some of you in chicago because i haven't been there yet and haven't done comedy there so i'm you excited been to chicago i mean i've been to chicago oh, okay. for like business oh, in okay. the past but <laughs> no, i've it's never an awesome city I've, I've only been to a suburb of chicago oh, for about I've six been hours to, yeah yeah I'm very familiar with the Chicago suburban area. It's been less than 24 hours, I think, every time I've been there. Same. Yeah. I mean, I went once. Oh my yeah. god, you gotta go. It's a, it's a cool town. Do not go between November and I would say April. Yeah. It's no, too I'm fucking cold. I I went when it was very cold once. Yeah. No, it's miserable. Uh, but this yeah. is gonna be middle of September. Oh, it'll be I think I'm going. That'll be the yeah, perfect yeah. time to go there. I love Chicago. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. For that, also. Uh, a couple episodes ago, we had one called Dyke Spaces, and we encouraged people to share any Dyke Spaces that they run and said we would give them um, a shout-out. I think I'm missing one of them. Uh, if you sent me something, uh, send us an email, dykingout at gmail.com, and we'll give it a shout-out next time. But there's one in uh, Oceanside, California, a meetup called North County Queer Millennial Women. But women has an X in that. Do you pronounce that differently? When there's an X? Women, well... Women X? I, I, I have no Latin, idea. No, so if it's but Latinx, that, then... I, but, where but, is but the, the X, X is the at word? the end for, for Latinx. It's the word... Yeah, true. How, spell this word, women. W-O-M-X-N. I think it's just a visual cue. Sometimes I think a it's a visual thing. Sometimes there's a Y, too, and yeah. then you just say women. Ah. Yeah, it's the same. <laughs> anyway, well, it sounds cool. And I like that the name of it group. gives you almost all the information you need. Yeah, that's all that's you need to know. That's truly a queer woman trait. Is just efficiency and clear communication. Mm-hmm. I love that. So go to Meetup and search that. I think it will probably be the only Meetup with women spelled that way. So uh, perhaps that's find why. that. It's inclusive. It's all inclusive. It is. Inclusive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's cool. The idea is. Yes. Yeah. Um, there's also the Bush Films. That's a Brooklyn-based queer film series, and you can follow them on Instagram at the Bush Films. And then there's also. Um, one of our listeners actually curates a weekly list of events going on in New York for queer women, non-binary, trans, uh, and it's at r.chart.newyorkcity. So borrowing from that famous mm-hmm. RIP R-chart 
Archart.com. Archart.com. That's that no was awesome. longer. So I know. This is bringing it back. Yeah. Our chart. Our, is that a gay thing? Okay. Our <laughs> chart. So, like, this is a polarizing topic. I'm sorry. Okay. I have to go off on this. Ourchart.com was very briefly a social network, so, like a social media. Is it R, like the letter? Or no, like O-U-R. Okay. It was dot com, And it was kind of, as far as like the UX, it was sort of like, it felt like MySpace a little bit. Okay. As far as like the layout and everything. But it was... It was definitely a thing. I feel like I fuck it. It was a fever dream because nobody ever knows this is. I met like a few friends on it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, like real life, like friends of people I still talk to. And it was around just a, it was a flash in the pan. And it was some, and then it was taken down in like 2009 or something. Every you, once in a while, listeners will. I loved it. Send in and be like, no, our chart was definitely a thing. It was absolutely a thing. And I went, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google this out later and see if I can find, like, a screenshot of, like, what it looked like. Okay. Because it, uh, yeah, I met, like, I met a couple of friends, one of whom is, I still have not met in real life, but we've been, like, in sort of communication for literally 10 years now. A pen pal. Yeah, that. totally. And she's amazing. She lives in New Orleans. Hi, Christina. <laughs> um, and... So that's how, but I somehow met her on that. I can't remember how you actually connected with people. This is before oh, hashtags and this is before. I know how you connected with people. How was it? Um, Alice Piazeki would yeah. draw a line from <laughs> you your name to, to someone else's. Shit. First everyone, we all fucked Shane and then that's how we all met. <laughs> Y'all, I just started watching the yeah. award. Good for um, you. Oh what my do you God, think? I've only seen the first how exciting. I just now started a, re- a rewatch. Yeah. I mean, I'm really, I've been really excited about it. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I'm How's generally very so behind. It's, it's holding up. Is like, it? Okay. Do you find I'm it hilarious? Middle, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's absurd. I wish I could watch it for the first time now how far are you i'm like middle of season two alice just got the radio show i okay. hear oh. things are about to blow up i hear things oh are about to get God. real good I'm, that's about where <laughs> i am actually yeah. actually you're you might be a little bit further than i am on my i'm saying a rewatch. rewatch although it's it might as well be a first watch because the first time i did watch it was like 2008 okay probably yeah so. i'm generally like five to ten years behind like any popular show me so. too are me you canadian too. I'm, I'm, I'm from California. It's I'm new from in Canada city, right now. San Francisco. I was going to say, you we didn't get sound Canadian. No, I'm not. But Canadians are generally five Just to ten years behind. behind the pop culture curve. Yeah, yeah. I'm not even like a skeptic either. I'm just kind of like... Like Downton Abbey, I was like five years behind. I was like, y'all, this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Olivia, yeah. we've been knowing. Like, I just... I'm, I'm not about it until I can like have my time to like decide that sure. I want to really pursue yeah. that show. That's I only fair. watch shows if at least 40 people have to badger me into it or one person I want to sleep with. Yeah. That's, and then I'll watch that's it. That's about how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I thought your criteria was everybody on the show has to be the most straight and then you'll watch yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm really into Big Little Lies and Game of Thrones and things with, like, gotcha. zero queer yeah, yeah, content, yeah. but I, like, spin in the my office. head. The Office. The right. Office, yeah. Uh, although, honestly, I will say, I've, I think I'm officially done with The Office. Yeah. I think I've had enough. Retire it. I finally watched it so many times that I, it just, it's over. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't think it holds up in a lot of ways. And also, like... I think I used to find some of the characters more endearing than they are. Like mm-hmm. I don't find Jim and Pam to be that endearing anymore. And that's when you know you're done. Yeah. You got to hang up the, hang up the cleats. It's over. But maybe yeah. give it 10 more years and then it'll have it. Yeah. You know. 
I'll give it 10 more years and then I'll watch the same three seasons 45 times yeah, in a yeah. row. And you'd be like, this is really endearing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I do think Ellie Kemper is such a joy. She's amazing. I love She's her. always a joy. But I also, but in order to watch her though, I have to watch the later seasons of The Office, which are awful. So. I know, but that scene where she goes bobbing for apples like that. I know. Is she the funniest is scene in so the entire show. She's truly I've a treasure. I've never laughed so hard. Yeah. Than that bobbing She's for apples scene. She also is just really, I liked her, uh, how they sort of developed her backstory a little bit. Of yeah. This like, this like foster kid and like yeah. all the, I don't know. I like, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Have you ever seen the video of, uh, like the blowjob? The blowjob, the bad oh blowjob. Oh my God. I think that's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Have you, you, know, you haven't seen it? I haven't seen it. That's it. I'll watch it later. Yeah. Ha. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is well, it over thirty seconds? See it. Absolutely. I don't not. think it's very. I don't think it's. It's not that really long. Over. It was back when videos didn't go viral every second. Oh yeah. So see, that that's the thing. There's it would have videos. like a whole week of being viral, where yeah. like everybody was passing it around and kind of knew about it, and then maybe once in a while it resurfaces. But I think it was like on College Humor, probably when the site oh, first started. I didn't know up. about yeah. it until like a month ago. Like I okay. was so behind on that one too. <laughs> yeah. Also, what does, what does the fox say? Do you? Oh, do you I still that? haven't seen oh, that. Oh, did you just find that? I like found that. I found out about that like a year ago I'm, too. Well, I'm so excited for you. Does have you seen the grapes lady? No. Oh well. Don't then. watch the grapes lady. I hate the grapes lady. The, the lady grapes, that falls out of the thing. Yes, no. The best thing. Don't watch oh, it. I think it's they have so seen miserable. That. The, the last part is so bad. She she is she stomping on yeah, yeah stomping on the grapes she falls I've, out and then I've she, she, she makes this, this god awful guttural sound because I'm pretty sure she breaks her fucking leg oh. it's like it's so bad I hate that video oh someone at work recently brought that up and I was like don't play it I like had to leave the room I think I actually have seen the the okay. grapes lady I do like <laughs> but I'm well like I am open to so many suggestions because there's so much I don't know about. <laughs> Uh, I like to think I have like discerning you have limited taste, internet access. What's the, did someone put well, a child lock on your phone? I can get into this later when we like talk about OCD, but it kind of has to do. Like, oh, I don't okay. like Sorry. the yeah. internet is not oh. like unbounded enough for me. Like there's so okay. much possibility that I get like anxiety by like exploring it because I'm like it never ends. That and makes so, perfect sense to me. Like why even engage with it to begin with? No, like, where I can't think I gonna... about outer space for that yeah, reason. Yeah, it drives me insane. I don't like watching any like Neil deGrasse Tyson stuff. I can't with any of that content because it fucking makes my head spin to think of something being infinite. Yeah. I, I don't like it. Yeah. I like boundaries and I can't, yeah, I, like a I can't stand the fact that space doesn't end. end. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why relationships are really hard. I'm like, <laughs> it's still happening. We're still in it. Like <laughs> you just got to be in it. I'm like, yeah, that freaks me out. And then the yeah. internet, it's just like, it's there and it's happening and it will keep going. It's so vast. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love that. That's a good, yeah, that's, that's a good tie-in. I love that. Uh, there are a couple of other things that I wanted to, to talk about quickly before we dive into our topic was that even though we're always bringing her up, but I don't think we can bring her up enough. Uh, Sarah and I went to see Sir Baby Girl do a show where she just covered Hole. It was awesome. And it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, are you familiar with Sir Baby Girl? I know the name. Yeah, she's pretty rad. And is covered whole is that an action or is that oh she, she, uh, well we didn't stick around for after the show okay but she um she just did a show where she did like all basically all the holes like best like greatest hits so kind of whole, thing the, the band, band. Courtney, okay. Love. Whole, Courtney loves yes. yeah, Courtney yeah, yeah. loves Courtney band love. yeah. that is is whole still a band or are they I don't think so I, I think Courtney I was actually is in shockingly this, forever remission yeah <laughs> shockingly I wasn't that uh 
I didn't know an, like a lot about their music, yeah. but that whole day I listened to, I basically just went on Spotify and listened to like all their top songs. And yeah. they're one of those bands that like you hear a song, like, oh, I've heard this song a million times. Yeah. I didn't yeah. realize that was whole, you know. Yeah. So that's probably how I would be. I'd be like, yeah, yeah you'd be I've like, oh, I've this. heard this song. Yeah. yeah. I thought and you then, meant she and just and covered a whole, a whole like a performance possibly. thing. Yeah. yeah dirt, like, <laughs> she was covering a hole. They like, they went out and repaired potholes on the street yeah. the next day. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. So baby girl is like one of the most fun performers I think I've seen in a long, long time. And she's going on tour around yes, the country. So check tour. out her dates. And um, go check I'm her going out. to her LA show November 8th. So come find me there. Sarah in LA. Hell yeah. I'm going back and forth to LA y'all. I'm by coastal now. <laughs> Yay. It's the closest thing to buy I'll ever be. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna go out to LA and record, uh, some episodes with some West Coast guests. So, uh, excited yeah. about that. It'll be really great. I'm excited. I've never been to Los Angeles. Yeah. You've um, only been outside of Los Angeles in a very straight I went to, yeah, area. I went to Palm Springs for a uh, yes. straight lady bachelorette weekend. Yes. Um, but then after that, weren't you like, I went to Newport, which yeah. is like Southern California, like, I think it's still like an hour and a half south of LA or something like that. Yeah. New, Newport, that. isn't that? Newport kind of Beach. Like Newport the, is like Laguna is that the Beach. OC? Yeah, like OC. It's all yeah, it's yeah, down, yeah, yeah. It's Newport, down near Laguna Orange County, County yeah. Laguna Beach. It was gorgeous. But you're from the Bay Area. Yeah, I'm from Northern California, but my father lives in Los Angeles now. So okay. I spend ample time there. Cool. Where in the Bay Area? I'm from San Francisco. Like From San Francisco. From the proper. city. Nice. Cool. Yes. Excellent. What do you think of. Technology. Yeah. Technology? <laughs> um, of how the city is now, yeah. I mean, it's like an interesting thing because I... I mean, it's different. It's yeah. noticeably different, right? Um, but I grew up in like such a bubble. Like I feel like... You, I, I didn't know what San Francisco was like when I was growing up in it because I yeah. was kind of oblivious. Like there have never really been a lot of people of color in San Francisco. It mm-hmm. has yeah. ve- always been very white while I've been there. Yeah. Um, and it is more so now. Um but it's like it's weird. Like I never like went out to bars when I was like growing up there. I like yeah. went to house parties and mm-hmm. whatever. So like I don't know how that scene has changed. I don't really know how the restaurant scene has changed. I don't really know what it's like to the difference between like commuting to like I don't know like the daily practices. Yeah. I don't sure. necessarily know how those things have been affected. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I have like the more formal information about like San Francisco is overrun by the tech industry, and like if if all the marginalized populations weren't pushed out before, now they're really being pushed out, and yeah. like you know. Obviously, like people, uh, like Google buses and stuff, and like people uh, commuting from like Silicon Valley, yeah. or co- commuting from San Francisco to Silicon Valley. Like, yeah. I mean, there, uh, one thing that is very noticeable is like neighborhoods that I used to go to when I was younger, like the Mission, for example, were yeah. like entirely different places. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's sad. Gentrification happens like in so many places. And I think San Francisco is so small that it is like, and it's such a specific thing happening. Yeah. It's like very noticeable. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I love like where I'm from, but it's like a pretty, I think it's a pretty boring place compared to New York. Really? Yeah. Ah, I loved, I wanted to move out there after college and I didn't uh, just because I couldn't find a job. Um, it's so expensive. It's but ridiculous. yeah, I know. And and every kept, everyone kept being like, are you sure you want to live in San Francisco? But for me, it was, uh, I mean, a combination of things. I liked 
how gay it was. I like the West Coast vibes, but I also like the weather. And people are like, oh, the weather. That I'm like, yes, layers. I love, I love the layers. Weather. I yeah. love sweatshirt weather. Like, I'm such a San Francisco yes. girl in that respect. I just like it want very, 55 degree weather. Yeah. 50s fine. Just like little. I feel little like that's sweatshirt. the queer women ideal climate. Yeah. Right. It's like 50 ish degrees. Yeah. yeah. So 50, we can wear 55. our layers. Yeah. We can wear hats. Right. Tie a sweatshirt around your waist. Vest. Yeah. yeah. A little vest. A little flannel. Little boots. Right. Little flannel. Exactly. Little flannel jeans. It, it's like the one city where having a vest as a jacket makes sense. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> that is very anywhere real. else. I don't understand. And it. Here it's the midtown uniform. <laughs> yeah. Here for some reason it's the midtown uniform, mm-hmm. but I'm like, why? I would love to wear a Patagonia vest, but finance bros have ruined it for me. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. But I mean, say, hey, San Francisco's great for a lot of reasons it is it's just like have you been to jolene's the new gay bar there have you been back but i am doing well i mean i can plug this later but i'm actually doing a play about the like last or half of it is about the closing of lexington like yeah yeah um which is cool well jolene's is there and let me tell you it's a million times better than the lex okay yeah Yeah. jolene's i haven't i have not heard of it yes it's uh it's the perfect gay bar, I will That's say. That's awesome. Yeah. It's named after one of my favorite songs. I yeah. don't know if it's named yeah. after that, but it's named after the owner actually, but I thought oh, really? it I thought it was named after the song and I'm like, I love I maintain that. that Jolene by Dolly Parton is a very queer song. It is a very queer oh, song. She's obviously really? singing about the woman. She doesn't say a she doesn't use a single descriptor for the man, but she calls the woman with flaming locks of auburn hair yeah. and eyes of emerald green. Like she loves this woman. She does. Anyway. So I yeah, I thought <laughs> if if you're hoping for a Dolly themed bar, that it is not. But okay. uh but it's big I, I think I've talked about this before. It has a big bar area, there's a lot of sitting room, there's a lot of standing room, and then there's a separate dance room and the wall is all like artistic black and white photos oh. of chests. Amazing. Um, and oh, cool. it's it's such a cool space. I love lesbian bar reviews because like Sitting room and standing room yeah. are both equally important. Oh, like, and a pool here's table. Here's where we sit. Ooh. Here's where we stand. Yes. Here's the pool table. And we need a lot of room for both. <laughs> we need room. Yeah. We need ample seating. I need different types of chairs. I need stools. I need chairs. I need a couch. I need all of it. Right. A good drink list. That's it. I, That's love, to, I love to dance, so I appreciate a good dance floor. Yeah. I'm a yeah. grinder. Yeah. Oh, you are? <laughs> <laughs> big, big on grinding. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All about it. This is a grind friendly podcast. Good, good. I could go on and on and on. Uh, My wife always wants to go dancing with me, but I'm I'm always apprehensive because I'm afraid she's going to get like too sexual on the dance floor. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I don't think she would. Does she? Would you think she would? I mean, because I think I don't she, see that. I think she's really into me dancing. Like anytime I dance around the apartment, she's like, "Ooh, yeah!" Oh and like we need to go dancing. I'm like, or we can just have sex. Right. Yeah. Like, like that's, that's what free, you're enjoying out of it. Yeah, we can just have sex. So I'm afraid that like <laughs> because yeah. So she she likes me dancing. I'm like, we're gonna go out dancing, and then you're just gonna like want to be making out with me the whole time, which is like a little making out is fine, but. Yeah, uh, you know, this is all stuff we could do at home. Right, right. so much and fun. I, <laughs> and to reiterate, for free, right. you can do it at home. For free. It's no for cover free. charge at home. Yeah, I am a terrible dancer. It is my one. I would say I don't really. I, I would say it's my biggest weakness. Like, yeah, biggest, really. Yeah, I don't wow. have a lot of weaknesses. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> as I get a one star review that says I'm trash yeah, on yeah, iTunes, yeah. I know. I was gonna uh, say. Sit. Yeah. 
self-awareness is really one of them. He needs to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, no, I'm a fucking awful dancer. I, I don't know why. I just, I don't have any rhythm whatsoever. Like, I can't even, if there was, like, a song playing, I couldn't even, like, tap my hand to the beat. I, I swear I couldn't do I it. I struggle with that. There's, like, something missing in my brain yeah. about, about, like, how to, like, move your body. I just can't do it. That's why I'm anti-concerts where uh, people clap along. Oh, I hate when people clap. I don't think anyone should make any noise at a concert. Yeah, the, I'm not here to hear your noise. I'm here to hear that, so their noise. So should all be silent. Yeah. Well, not silent. You can cheer, but like, you don't want I don't like sing. when people sing along. Okay. Unless the artist wa- obviously wants the crowd to do that. The right. singing along I don't mind, but unless, unless the artist invites everybody to clap... Then I Unless guess that's okay, but then when clap. people yeah. just start clapping, I'm like, how distracting. It's well, it's so always annoying. off. I mean, right? it's because always some, one person starts at one point, another person starts at another, yeah. and everyone's like apprehensive about joining in, so it's always just like a mess of It's claps. a nightmare. Concerts and if it's are, are not complete nightmare for if me. If it's a majority white crowd, the claps are going to be Oh, off. they're going to be a terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> yeah, Cecilia's a clapper, and I'm like, stop it. Don't start <laughs> no, anything. Don't, don't, don't do a clap. Yeah. She's a clapper. Yeah, I don't, don't like collective sound. Like, I don't like when people just collectively make one singular noise together. It like screaming? I, I don't like screaming. Statement. I don't like collective I sound. I don't, because why are we doing this? Yeah. It's, it, it bothers me a lot. I don't do well at concerts. I wish everyone would sit down. <laughs> you can still have fun and sit down. I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway. I'm just picturing you in church and they bring the choir out and you're like, ugh. <laughs> well, that would be a coordinated, at least those people know what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about like random, like crowds that just start fucking singing something, you know, like at bars and stuff. Mm. Oh. You know, it's terrible going to a bar with a bunch of straight people. And I could have stopped the sentence right there, but I'll continue. <laughs> when the song Sweet Caroline comes on. Oh, yeah. fucking, I'm sure you hate that song. Yes. <laughs> yes. Or the song Pour my some least sugar favorite on me. song of all time. That's a terrible one. My least favorite song of all time, of all time, is Don't Stop Believing by Journey. Yes. I fucking hate that song because everyone only knows the chorus and it's all drunk, straight men that sing along to it. No matter where you are, I could play it in this room and a guy named Josh <laughs> would come stumbling in he holding a fucking PBR, yeah. <laughs> singing that goddamn fucking song. And they only know the chorus. Nobody knows the rest of the lyrics. It's so annoying. Those are like the three main offenders, I would say. Yeah, totally. Sweet Caroline. Bar singing. Yeah, yeah, Pour some sugar on me. Pour some sugar on me. And that fucking don't stop believing. Pour some sugar on me? Yeah. Pour some sugar on me. It's going to come out where where you're from soon. Yeah. Oh my oh gosh. My you know this side. You have to. You're so lucky. I'm you, so jealous of you right now. I know. Now. I'm actually I'm so really jealous of those sweet virgineers of yours. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. We'll play me. it after it's, the. Yeah, dude. We'll Leopard? play it after the. Po- oh, I don't fucking know who it is. I don't know. All the 80s band. The, there's one band in the 80s. I want to say it's And it's Def all Leopard. the same yeah. band. I mix like up everyone's all like, the, like, I love yeah. fucking Def Leppard or Pink Floyd or. Black Sabbath. I'm like, these are all the same. This is all the same band, as far as I'm concerned. That's how I have I feel absolutely no about, idea. Like white guy, like singer. Like this is maybe this is awful to some people, but like white guy singer songwriter, like, yeah, like Paul Simon or Bruce oh, I have no idea who the. I don't know the difference between any of those guys. I love it, or I don't even. It's you just can play all... me a Bruce Springsteen song and tell me it's Hollow Notes, and I would yes, yeah, I like Garfunkel. yeah. No, I think it is. Yeah. I don't. I don't understand Bruce Springsteen. I don't get the appeal of Bruce Springsteen. A lot of lesbians, lesbians love, love him. Yes. Yeah, they he's think he has like, like political, dyke energy. right? He's he quite, is. I think, and I've read some like things he's a that he said. He's he's. As far as uh, he seems wealthy, like, white, yeah. straight men go, he's Decent great. person, but, for sure. But as far as, like, the whole, like, I don't know. Why are lesbians so fucking keyed up about him? I don't get it. Lesbians and, like, 
boomer men I'm love like, Bruce Springsteen. I'm keyed up about like one song of his at Which the moment. One? I'm on fire. I don't you know even. I don't know that song. Oh, I'm on fire. No clue. No? Never no. heard it. Yeah. It's like I. Saw, it's all. It's for a particular reason. It's like oh, okay. so specific. Like I saw a play and I felt like really moved by it. And oh, like okay. One of the characters okay. sings that, so then I like. Yeah, okay, I don't know. Okay. I don't get the whole Springsteen. Yeah. The spring. It's all. It's all like dad garage music to me. For sure. Yeah. So. For sure. Anywho, that was a weird <laughs> tangent we just got off on. <laughs> I never do this, I promise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of tangents, <laughs> OCD. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us and our listeners a little bit about OCD in general first, just to, yeah. so we're all on the same page of, yeah. of what this is, um, that it's not um, just what Lena Dunham said it was. Yeah, for sure. Um, so OCD, it's an anxiety disorder. Yes. Um, sort of, it's like characterized by like, basically by intrusive thoughts, like cyclical intrusive thoughts um, that just pop into your head and you can't get rid of. And so in order to like alleviate the anxiety of those thoughts, um, you, you, those are like, you compulse essentially. So yeah. you do something to alleviate that anxiety, right? So yeah. you might be thinking like, um, oh, like, uh, I'm afraid I'm going to like, kill my father or something mm-hmm. like if I if I touch this thing right in front of me like that's not going to happen right um so like it, it it can manifest in so many different ways like some people are afraid of like contaminating things for example some people are afraid of like um moral or religious transgression some people mm. are um I have basically like all of it not all the, of it. not the religious not you got the, the sampler like, platter huh fear. yeah, yeah um, love that so like yeah causing like unwanted harm to people like um i've i've like my ocd has evolved so much through my life that i've just like been through a lot of the different phases of it when were you diagnosed i was officially diagnosed in um college but like definitely have probably had ocd since i was like four or five like i think it was just always there yeah i Mm -hmm. could see how college would be something that would really bring it to the surface in a way where it's like unmanageable it was so i mean all the stress and everything i'm sure well like i wasn't out and i like fell in love with this girl and like fucking spiraled like was which can happen anyway this is something i was interested in because i feel like lesbians especially like baby gays or when you're discovering your sexuality Mm. have like very like spiraling out of control, like obsessions mm-hmm. with things that that isn't OCD. I think Tegan and Sarah built a career on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is their entire fan base. <laughs> but yeah, that that it can feel like your your mind is just like super obsessive and whatever, and then like to have OCD on top of this already thing that's it's awful. Yeah. That makes you obsessive. Then it's a very misunderstood disorder because like it manifests in so many ways that people don't think of, like you said, like people think of it in the, uh, like the, Oh, people wash their hands a lot. People like count things a lot and like touch things a lot. And that happens. And I've done all that. Like, and, and because popular culture, like w- what did you think when shows like monk, was that the first one that really came out that had the main character yeah. OCD is like at the center of that are you like yay representation or are you like now everybody thinks that I'm Tony Shalhoub? Right, right. I mean, 
and that reference has been made many times. So like it's and it that's San Francisco, right? Right. right. How relatable for you? Yeah. I mean, I think I found that. Sh- I don't think I knew what was totally happening with me at the time. Yeah. I was like young enough to not know how to like engage, like not know what my OCD yeah. was or not know how to engage with it. Um, but it is frustrating, like looking back and like pretty much everybody you ask, they'll be like, "Oh, so you have that thing where you're just like." like really obsessively like organized or like, or like really washing need, your hands like, or yeah. something. Yeah. Right. And like I did that. Like I washed my hands for two months like so obsessively that they like bled every day. Okay. Like, yeah. like, yeah. like that happens. Yeah. But like that's yeah. not all that happens. You yeah. know, like I mean ultimately uh, I, a friend of mine that has OCD and we talk about it a lot together like the way she likes to describe it is essentially like from a more like scientific brain perspective like your amygdala is impaired that's the part of your brain that regulates fears so you like don't know how to properly regulate fear so like a lot of stuff feels like like I feel like I'm dying a lot of I don't know what it feels like to die yeah like it feels like that's I'm avoiding like I'm just like death is right in front of me a lot of the time. Like everything's yeah. sort of like fight or flight. It feels like a lion is right in front of me mm. when really like whatever I'm dealing with might be quite small, whatever anxiety I'm dealing with. Um, so yeah, I just like, I have a messed up like amygdala. And so mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that's and- what it's about. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, I mean, I think a a lot of people can relate to that feeling in like very isolated incidents maybe Mm -hmm. throughout our lives where there's been times where we've had some type of irrational fear and then having to do... I mean, death is a very rational fear, so I don't know why I would say that, but uh, maybe imminent death is a, right. a rational fear. Right, right. right. Um, and then doing something that doesn't quite make sense, but to make you feel better about it yeah. in the moment. But to ha- have that be like the norm yeah. seems like so much 
to cope with. Well, it's like pretty exhausting. Yeah. And I think like, you know, for so many years of my life, I, I really didn't have a sense of what was going on. Like my parents knew something was happening and later they would relate to me that they understood that I probably had OCD, but it just, it wasn't addressed as such. Like I went to, I mean, I've, I'm on my what, ninth, 10th therapist right now, but like I started going to therapy when I was very young and I went after my, um, my dad's house caught on fire. Um, and it wasn't a bad fire. No one was hurt. Like it was pretty low key in terms of fires, (laughs) but my symptoms, like my OCD symptoms, like really started to spike a lot. Um, uh, like after the house caught on fire, I would like check my, cause one thing that I did a lot when I was younger was I, I would check my locks a lot and I would check the stove a lot. And so after the fire, like that was amped up so much. Like I would spend like maybe an hour, uh, a night, like running up and down the stairs to my door, just like rechecking the lock. And like, uh, then I would run to my stove back and forth, back and forth, like look at the stove, like go back to my room, go back to the stove, make sure it was like still in the same spot, go back to my room, be like, nope, not convinced. Like, yeah. Go mm-hmm. back. Like, you know, like, you know, it's not a logical thing. Was this thing. for you an adult yeah. when this was going on? This was when I was like, or... uh, uh, no. So this was when I was like, the fire was like when I was nine. Oh, so okay, shit okay. started to like really yeah, okay. uh, get bad around like nine or 10. Uh-huh. Um, and like essentially what's happening there is like, you know, you know that you're like, your stove's off. But you still have to do it. But like, like well, like your logic, like it's not a logical disorder. You feel yeah. like you, it's, it's irrational. It's illogical. So like yeah. you, but there's something tripped up where like you don't quite believe that that's the case. So you like, you go back and you check it again. And Does then, it kind of feel like almost like scratching an itch? Like. Sort of, yeah. Like it just, yeah. just keep doing it. And the more those like pathways are formed, like the more prone you are to doing it. Right. So like when you go to therapy to address OCD, you start to try and like, in, I mean, you go, uh, there's a specific kind of cognitive behavioral therapy called exposure response prevention, ERP. And it works with like literally inhibiting responses. So you're exposed to a stimulus, like you're afraid of, uh, uh, spiders, right. Mm-hmm. As an example. And then g- gradually we would do things to expose you to spiders. First yeah, you might be exposed to that. a picture. Like, sure, then um, you might yeah. be... where, where they put a tarantula in someone's hand eventually, right, that right. kind of thing. And the idea is you're working to inhibit that response that you you might have had initially. So sort of like reforming pathways. Um, mm. Yeah. It's like pretty pretty intense, pretty yeah. rad. Yeah. How, when did you come out? When did I come out as a queer person yeah, or yeah, as an yeah, OCD yeah. As person? As a queer person. Um, uh, I was 17. Well, I mean, it was like a, it was a weird Well, obviously time. it's gradual. It was, yeah. it was 17. Well, th- the thing was, it was it gradual. Basically, oh, okay. I was just like, I'm in love with this person. Everyone was like, <laughs> okay. Like, and I was such a mess that we weren't even really talking about the queer thing. Everyone was just like, what's wrong with Olivia? Like, okay. is she okay? And what I didn't understand Kind of like time, Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, Lindsay's going crazy. Like, I know, I love how her queerness like, was just like, everyone's like, uh, okay, Lindsay, that, but we have other things to talk right, about right, right now. Right, right. I was celebrating. I'm like, this is, that's the most stable part of her life right yeah, now. Yeah, totally. Like, even, yeah. Oh man, anyway, when a butch DJ right, is the most stable part of your Samantha life. Ronson right, was particularly fucked. stable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was kind of like that. Everyone was yeah. like, she, is she going crazy? Like, what's happening? Oh, okay. I guess she's gay too. Like, yeah. I, yeah. Was, I was in a... It was the sprinkles on the Sunday kind right. of thing. So it was okay. like a spike is what it's okay. called. Like, yeah. um, 
so my OCD spiked. I didn't really understand what was happening. And I was obsessed with this girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally just like spent all my days just like thinking about her, like writing notes about like, like what's going to happen with us? Like, how is this going to work out? Like I couldn't concentrate on anything else. And like, we kind of, we had like a momentary, like, oh, is this going to work? Like it wasn't just in my head. Oh, <laughs> like, okay. Was oh, this going to happen? Yeah. Oh, this isn't going to work out. Like I was a freshman. She was a senior. It was, it was complicated. Yeah. Um, but it didn't work out. And when it didn't work out, I like literally fell apart. Okay. And sure. everyone was like, how do we help her? Like, yeah. yeah. So the, the whole like gay thing was like a little bit like a- afterwards, everyone was like, okay, you've like come out of this state. Like, so you're like, you're gay. Right. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, that's, that's the gist of it. Yeah. Cool. So 17, wow. 18. Yeah. Would you say that having OCD made uh, like processing being gay a lot easier because you're like, this is the least of, (laughs) this is the least of my worries. I mean, yeah. I mean, it wasn't, you know, the whole like gay thing was, I don't think. I mean, you grew up in San Francisco. Well, that's an interesting thing though too, right? Because like people say that and you think that, and it is very progressive, of course, like compared to other places, very grateful to grow up there. But it wasn't like I had like, I think I knew one person that was out in my whole whole high school. Like people weren't like, I didn't, my parents weren't like talking about it being like, whatever you are, it's cool. They were like that, you know, when I did come out, but it wasn't like everyone was like talking about the possibility. They weren't, they weren't. And so, um, when I did come out, like people were very chill about it. And my dad was like, yeah, Olivia, I've known since you were 12. (laughs) Um, My mom was like, what? Which is shocking. But, uh, so my dad wasn't confused. My mom claimed she was confused and she had. She had to read a book called The Apple Falls Far to cope with my sexuality. I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like it was, it was interesting. The gay thing wasn't super hard in the moment. And I think like several years later started to process like, honestly started to process like what my own shit around it was. But yeah. at the time I was like, I am cool. I am queer. I am cool. There is nothing stressful about this. Yeah. Um, but I know, like, my OCD definitely impacted, like, m- shame around sexuality a lot when I was younger. Not necessarily, like, queerness, because I didn't know that that was there. But I had a ton of, like, sexual shame that very much intersected with my OCD when I was younger. Talk about that more. I've heard of people who have OCD um, and that uh, it make, made them, like, masturbate. A lot, and mm-hmm. that was a way that it manifested, but in a way, like, and that, like, spirals into a hole, and just hearing my, I'm like, yeah. that sounds intense. Oh, so that's exactly what I'm going to talk about. Okay. But not, it, I didn't, I did well, okay, I'll explain exactly what happened. Um, so... <laughs> When I was younger, when I was like, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty convinced that the first orgasm I ever had was like when I was like five, like reading a book and that was like fantastic, but like mm-hmm. forgot about that. Um, and was then, it Nancy Drew? I think it was like a book about <laughs> rabbits. That's oh, okay. like all I remember. Um, <laughs> and then. Kids get really turned on when you see rabbits right? now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like the fur have the you seen the favorite? Is. I have seen the favorite. I have a lot anyway. of opinions about that, yeah. but I'll, I'll hold. Um, So I, like, rediscovered masturbation when I was, like, 11 or 12. And, like, and I've talked about this in comedy. I'm about to do a one-woman show literally all about this. Um, But basically, like, could not stop masturbating. And I wouldn't say, like, really had no control over it. Mm -hmm. But I would masturbate in public places in, like, a concealed manner. But, like, had no sense of what, like... 
for maybe like a year and a half, like had no sense that that was like, there was anything wrong with that. And so I would like literally like in Spanish class with a sweatshirt over my lap, like at the movie theater, same situation. Once I was, now I'm just saying my whole one woman show, but like once like, um, uh, I was in bed next to my stepbrother watching the Chappelle show. I got everything made me horny. Like yeah. masturbated next to him. It was very concealed. Nobody, I, I don't think anybody ever knew it was happening. Yeah. But like this lasted for like a year and a half. And then one day um, I was like in bed with a friend of mine. Like we were asleep or she was asleep. I was like pretty sure. And um, we, <laughs> we just watched the 40 year old version. Really turned me on, apparently. Catherine uh, <laughs> was chest so. waxed. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I like masturbated in bed next to her and like literally like some switch flipped and I was like, oh my God, what are you doing? Like, this is the worst thing in the world. Like you're the worst person in the world. Yeah. And this was like my first, it was essentially like the beginning of my first OCD spike. So yeah. like after that moment, I like everything like flooded to me, like every instance of me ever doing that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm literally the worst person in the world. And so spent sort of like my whole summer just like completely disengaged from the world, like trying to justify what I had done, which was a huge part of my OCD when I was younger, like a lot of justifications, which looked like, okay, so... I masturbated when I was in the movie theater watching March of the Penguins. True story. And (laughs) this is why, like, probably, this is why, like, maybe it was a little okay. Like, one, I had my sweatshirt over my lap. That's reason one. Number two, like, it was so dark in the theater that even if anybody, like, has anyone's eyes had, like, you know, like, slipped over, like, they wouldn't have noticed it was happening. It was too dark. And then, like, three, actually, I was watching everyone in my vicinity, and I knew their eyes were trained on the the screen, right? So I, like, would repeat these justifications over and over again. Um, But, like, they wouldn't, like, they would alleviate the anxiety momentarily, and then that anxiety would come back. So I essentially spent, like, this whole summer, it was in between my freshman and sophomore year of high school, just, like, trying to convince myself that I wasn't the worst person in the world. Yeah. Um, and basically like what happened, the, my brain like started spiraling out in other ways too. I was like, oh, I did this thing. If someone saw me, like I equated that to like sexual assault. Like if anyone had ever seen me doing this. Yeah. And then I convinced myself essentially that like I had potentially assaulted people. <laughs> this is a comedy podcast. I'm getting back to comedy. <laughs> so like I I like also spent that summer thinking like I had just like violated people. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so much for I was at, say, at that age to be dealing with. Yeah. It was just like yeah. Awful. I can't yeah. I can't imagine oh, having was, to process yeah, that amount of especially at that so age. So sad. Like I feel so bad for myself. Like I I mean it's interesting. It is great material, but it was just like it was I like look back and I'm like like poor thing. I would spend like every night yeah. like hours like of like justifying yeah just like over and scenarios. over again, repeating the yeah, same yeah. scenarios like being like oh that's why it was okay oh oh you think you're like I was like oh what I even was like you're a pedophile like all of this stuff started all of these things around like sexuality and being some sort of like pervert or pedophile or whatever yeah. just like we're circling around my mind it took probably like two or three months to finally start to feel like kind of normal 
Yeah. But then as a result, what I did was for like two, two and a half years, I banned myself from masturbating entirely. I was yeah. like, that is your like punishment. Like you are not allowed to do this. Prove that you cannot do this, which was so fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> then I just started like coming in all my dreams. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> threw a lot at you there. I love it. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, when you're that age, like you, I feel like you just can't have the, perspective to like properly no, deal with what's going on. So were you in therapy at that point or, and, and like, and that's also like the most mortifying thing I would think of oh. to talk about at the time, yeah, right. even with a therapist. Oh my God. Like, yeah, no. So I, at the time I wasn't. So you're like harboring all this right. in your poor little, mm. well, so on like, top of like being a, like a kid going through puberty essentially, which yeah. is already exactly. a fucking It was like all of these in your head. things like in conjunction with one another, like, there was definitely like repressed queer shame shit too. Like, I don't think it was a coincidence. Like the day that I like all of this, like suddenly became wrong was like when I was like next to this, like woman that meant a lot to me, you know, um, there was like, you know, nobody was people's, my friends, maybe a little bit, but people weren't talking about like women masturbating. Really. People still don't talk about that, which is ridiculous. But like there was, there was the OCD shit. Right. And then on top of that, there was like, people weren't really talking about teenage girls and sexuality and the fact that like yeah. everybody was rubbing up against something. Like I tell this to people now yeah. and they were like, oh, cool, me too. Like, yeah, totally. Yeah. No, like, that's relatable, theater, yeah. Mine was in the middle of a public pool, like blah, 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 yeah. blah. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, totally, I get that now. And like um, there was the lack of perspective because I wasn't talking about it with anyone because people weren't talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then there, was the, then, then there was the skewed perspective because of my OCD. Yeah. Um, so it was like very hard to manage. Um, and I was not in therapy at the time. Yeah. yeah. How do you feel when people talk about OCD and what like, Oh my God, I'm so OCD. And it's that. like, yeah. And they obviously like don't have OCD. Like, do you feel like it really minimalizes and adds to the confusion of like how serious? Yeah, I think it, it does. Be, yeah. like, I try and be really understanding when someone says something like that, just yeah. cause like I have learned from my, from my 26 years that uh, like shutting people down doesn't necessarily help the conversation. Sure. But if, yes, it's annoying. Like, I mean, I make a joke about this in my stand up. Like, people would be like, yeah, like I have to, like, you know, whatever, stop this place every time I walk home or like I have to wear clean clothes. And I'm like, cool. Like, did you have to like watch your dad breathe at night? Like, yeah. to make sure he was still alive? <laughs> like, have you wiped your ass till it bleeds? Like, since yeah. you were like yeah. 10 years old? Cause yeah. like you have a, fear of poop stains that was another fear I had huge fear of poop stains for a long time um but yeah it, it, it's that's t- understandable like yes yeah. people talk about it and they think they know what it is because like no like people aren't really talking about OCD a lot yeah. I try and be like oh yeah this like sounds like you have some obsessive tendencies like say if someone said like yeah I love going to the laundromat like like I wash my clothes like three times a week. I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. Sounds like sounds like you like get a little bit obsessive around like cleanliness. Like, yeah. and I think there's a spectrum of like obsessiveness. And then I'll try and be like, you know, like anything. There's a spectrum. Sounds like you're here. And like, you know, this is for example some of the stuff that I've done. And I think that tips into a different place. And I am like quite functional for someone with OCD. So yeah. like, mm-hmm. this is an example of something you know, far more extreme than what I have. So I think like just starting to have dialogues about it with people when they bring it up to me is helpful because again, like super misunderstood and I don't really understand why. (laughs) Yeah. Because I think it becomes shorthand for any kind of obsessive 
behavior, or any kind of routine behavior, you or know? routine like, behavior, just you have, just or stuff you do that you like to do. Doesn't mean you're OCD about. Like I'm so OCD about this. It's like no, you just like doing that. Like thing. people right. say they're OCD about Q-tips. I'm like, yeah, no, it just feels good to have a little yeah. cotton swab in your ear. Right. right. Oh, I shove those so fucking things in my ear every single day. Right. Yeah. It's so bad, but, but that's I not have to do it right. after a shower. And but like, I know that's not that's not obsessive. It's just that I like doing it. That's a thing that even though I know it's bad for me, I don't deny some people are obsessive about certain. You know, like again, but that's different than OCD. Exactly. Obsessive which is actually a, yeah. a disorder that That's what um, the D means. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is there a medication that Yeah, that you yeah. Take? I mean, not I, like you specifically, like people in general if they wanted yeah. to. For sure. Like I do take medication. I, it took me like a long time to get there. Um I take I take it's like an SSRI. It's like anti-anxiety, yeah. antidepressant. Uh this is like specifically f- one of two drugs that I guess has been deemed like an OCD drug. Don't think that means anything though. Like I think people take all sorts of different like anti-anxiety, antidepressant stuff. It's whatever works for you. Um, I take a super low dose. Definitely thinking about increasing that dose (laughs) as a reason. Um, But yeah, I think it can be really, really helpful for people. And what I've noticed, mine, I mean, I feel like I've noticed a small difference, which is just that I'm less prone to like revisiting thoughts and needing to dwell on stuff. And that is... Nice because that's the most exhausting part, right? Yeah. Like the, oh, now I have to like think this over again to like, like I don't want to do that. Yeah. Like I don't mm-hmm. want to go like rethink that scenario or like re-justify. It takes up a shit ton of time. Yeah. Like it's not where I want to be. It makes me not present. And so like I think medication can help with that and just like help alleviate the anxiety you feel like. For sure. You know, so you don't feel like you're dying all the yeah. time. How has been, how, how have you sort of used like your creativity in coping with this or like, does it help to totally. create one woman shows about it and, and yes. in, incorporate it into your, your set and everything? Yeah. Like I, I mean, a lot of my comedy revolves around my OCD and my like more generalized anxiety. I think like I get stuck in such a place when I'm like in a kind of like OCD state, like one of my, um, I have a real, like when I'm in a relationship with someone, like if they don't respond within a certain amount of time, I really go to that place of like they're dead, right? Yeah. And a lot of people do that, right? And that's the thing people need to know about OCD. Like a lot of the fears people or anxieties people with OCD have, they're common. They're just sure. like my anxiety around it is like amplified by a thousand. Yeah. And mm-hmm. some people, you know, a lot of them aren't common. A lot of people don't have like a fear of a, of a poop stain on their underwear or yeah. like a fear mm-hmm. that you're going to kill someone with your vagina germs. Like... I've had all of that. Um, but some of it is totally normal. And like, I know people get scared that their partners are dead or their mom's dead or whatever. I just go to a place of like such heightened anxiety that yeah. like, I can't stop like going in and out of sobbing until I know they're okay. You know? So my, so like if I can turn to a place of comedy pretty immediately, which I've like gotten better at doing, mm-hmm. like if I can make like, Oh, this is, funny it helps me get out of that space like if I can start to like work it into a joke almost immediately or if I can just start to write about it it gives me a little bit of distance from it um Mm -hmm. and it does provide a lot of like real fun material in general so I would say like my creativity is a huge part of like how I cope with my OCD yeah what would what's your experience when the things you fear actually happen when you have OCD yeah Um, so basically, um, a friend of mine, again, with OCD was reminding me the other day, like the anxiety about the thing is like always worse than the thing happening. Like, I mean, I suppose like if someone actually had died on me at this point, that Mm -hmm. would have been a very 
very awful thing. But like, I guess what I'm saying is like the anxiety sort of lives, if I could describe it, like lives like trapped in my chest with like almost nowhere to go. You just feel kind of paralyzed by it and it's awful. Um, But then when something actually happens, you're sort of able to go through an actual process of like, grieving or experiencing and that like anxiety starts to move through different parts of your body you know um so I think like where is like where is the fear of something and it comes like I I start to get anxious because like I'm protecting myself against these fears right it serves a purpose um but it feels really shitty and it feels the same for everything it's just this like constant like tightness in my chest fluttering in my chest like feeling like I can't concentrate on anything else yeah but once like if the thing happens that I'm afraid of like um like okay so when I was at the the very beginning of college like I did have this um like fear of poop stains appearing on my underwear. <laughs> um, and like, I feel like a lot of boys don't have that. No, they, no. they don't. I think they don't I, they're quite free about yeah. all their skin marks. Um, but like, well, well that example is an interesting one because it was actually the anxiety. That's not a good example because the anxiety was actually brought on by that ever happening. Like mm-hmm. if that happened once in college and I like had to call three of my best friends and be like, have you ever had a poop stain? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, Olivia, like what are you talking yeah. about? And I was like, so I'm not the worst person in the world. And they were like, no, you're not. <laughs> like that you, when you have OCD, you like seek reassurance a lot. So yeah, like uh-huh. one thing I have to be careful about is like, I will reach out to like my, Certain my people. desire is to like reach out to a hundred people and ask if this is okay. Yeah. But that's really confusing. So like, I think people with OCD especially have to learn to be careful about who and how many people they reach out to. Well, I can't to. imagine the internet's good for that. Yeah. 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 Super like, good. Let me just, <laughs> let, me, let me just see what Twitter thinks right, about right, this right, right. one me, like, thing. Facebook ask. Oh uh, God. Instagram story. Yeah, no. But um, when the thing, I guess what I'm saying is like when the thing actually happens, it's a very different physical experience. And yeah. it's almost. Is it almost relief? Better. It is relief. Like I remember like the, the last, uh, like I'm dating someone right now, but the person that I was like in a relationship with for a year and a half before, um, I was so afraid, number one, that I was going to be cheated on. But yeah. number two, that just like the relationship was going to end. Like I was feeling like hypervigilant. Like yeah. I was just in a constant state of anxiety. And I remember like I was in that state for so many, like for so long. And when the breakup finally happened, it was so sad, but I was like immensely relieved. Like, yeah. wow, I do not have to exist in this like heightened Like state I no of longer anxiety. have to worry that it's going to happen because it is Yeah, happening? yeah, and okay. it, that but, it, but it's it's almost less mental and more physical. Like for me, my OCD, yes, it's a it's a psychological thing, but it manifests so physically for me uh-huh. that it becomes like an immense physical relief when like like when that breakup happened, like I just didn't have to live in that physical state anymore. And okay. that was such a relief. So, yeah, I don't know, it's interesting. It's different than, I don't know, it, it It almost sounds like it incorporates bits and pieces from other kind of disorders, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I always forget the name of it. Not bipolar, the other one that begins with a B. Borderline personality? Borderline personality, yeah. So with borderline personality disorder, people have an intense fear of abandonment, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> But they make it a self-fulfilling prophecy. They then Mm. act in a way to force somebody to, you know, they're like, oh, I I don't trust you. You're going to leave me. So I'm just going to cheat on you. And Mm. it's like, well, yes, then they're 
like Pro- make it happen. Good, yeah, yeah, make yeah. it happen where I feel like OCD doesn't have like that component to it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's different like for everybody. Sabotage yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Right. it's different for everybody. But yeah. but I guess like it's more of just just like contained fear that that you're convinced you're going to be like the victim of. But like, yeah, like you're kind of. I mean, for me. I mean, I think I am prone to emotional upheaval because of my Scorpio moon, (laughs) less to do with my OCD. Um, And I definitely, like, have attachment abandonment issues. But, like, when I get anxious, like, I, like, say in the context of a relationship, like, I, I hold on tighter. Like yeah. I, for OCD, it's about control and it's yeah. about uncertainty. So like the biggest thing is uncertainty. You want that certainty. So that's why you like, like, I remember with my ex, um, my ex-girlfriend, like, there was this one time. So I was always, she's straight. She's very straight. Um, okay. And she has a boyfriend now. Like, it's okay. She That's knows. relatable. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and so I was constantly afraid that she was going to cheat on me with a man specifically. Yeah. Um, and I remember this one time she got home from the gym and uh, I was watching her. And she like immediately like chain like took off her like pants, like threw her underwear in the hamper. And I latched onto that. And I was like, oh, she like immediately took off her underwear, which really? means she didn't want me to see her underwear, which means there is like a man come in her underwear. And so like, I have to like, ideally I sit with that uncertainty, right? Like I do not ask her. I do not ask for reassurance. I like, I sit with that because with, with anxiety, you know, it goes, it goes up so yeah. high. It has no place to go but down. Right. Yeah. And, um, so when you're working to, to, when you're working on managing your OCD, you sit with it. You don't ask the question, right? Um, but, like, my impulse was to want to, like, seek reassurance. Like, yeah. want to, like, take her underwear and, like, examine it and yeah. smell oh, it. And, yeah. Like, I didn't do that. I did eventually end up saying to oh, her, man. like... I want to know where the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> was no, I, don't, I, I do not think there was. But I, like, ended up bringing up to her two weeks later. I was like, hey, like, I had this, like, fear in this moment. And, like, she ended up reassuring me after all. Because, like, it that anxiety had sort of cropped up again. Um... I don't remember what the point of that was, but yeah, reassurance seeking. I don't know. Yeah. It's all, it's all wild. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. Oh, this yeah. is like yeah. very interesting and Welcome important. Back. I'm sure we have a lot of listeners <laughs> yeah. uh, who, some who have OCD or some who maybe have some obsessive tendencies mm-hmm. and um, it's with any type of um, thing like this, it's important to talk about it and not, yeah. stigmatize it. Yeah, obviously sure. to acknowledge that everyone's experience is different. You know, like we know that people listening may have a, an entirely different experience with totally OCD. Yeah. Like you mentioned, the spectrum sort of... There's a spectrum. Yeah. There's like some yeah. people, it, some people it's only related to food or only related to religion. Like it's, yeah. uh, it's, I mean, I think the biggest thing, like when I, one of the biggest takeaways for me, like that I want people to take away when I talk about OCD is like, it looks like so many things. A lot of people don't understand they have it. Yeah. And like... That's why I think people need to start talking about what it looks like. Because I yeah. think if they did, like a lot more people would understand what was going on with them and they would get the help they needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, thank you again for, for sharing all oh, that. Yeah. Uh, we do need to get to our listener question. And this one, I think we might have had a similar one before, but basically the gist of it is about coming out at work and they want to know how long, you know, when you start a new job, mm-hmm. how long before you come out? And that's a little bit different, I think, for everybody because yeah. if you're, I think if you're not in a relationship, it's, 
there's no like easy way to bring it up. If mm. you're in a relationship, you can just say my girlfriend, yeah. my well, wife, also, like, my partner. You have to consider the aesthetic spectrum too. Like I sure. come out when I walk into a room. Right. Yeah. Whereas particularly like, you know, femme leaning queer women, I think this is more probably geared towards or definitely asked by someone who might be sort of like femme leaning. Um, I'm picturing yeah, you know, like yeah. living in the Netherlands and like, <laughs> I'm like, Sarah, imagine you lived in the Netherlands and there like you would read a straight. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone like Sweden. Right? right. We're just all in like Birkenstocks and some sort of hiking gear. I yeah. Imagine. I yeah. get so yeah. confused about moms y'all though. I know. Like, you know, the 60 range, like yeah. all my mom's friends, like with yeah. their short hair. Boomer and ladies like, for sure are all lesbians. They, they all carry the aesthetics of, of mm-hmm. lesbians, which is good and, for them. And talk about their girlfriend a lot. Yeah, God. Can Everyone fucking retire the word girlfriend for straight girls who are referring to their platonic <laughs> right? friends Please. for the love of God. So just say friends. I know. Anyway, uh, that's probably more for you guys to. I don't know. Like, I, what do you think? I mean, because uh, I just can't. I, it's hard for me to relate to anyone not knowing that I was gay. Re- read the situation. Obviously, like if there are other out gay people. Mm-hmm where you work, that's always a great sign. And then you can kind of feel safe coming out quickly that way. Um, if you work somewhere, because I, I used to live in Georgia and my, my ex worked kind of in the suburbs and was not out at work. And even when we were engaged, mm-hmm. uh, people just assumed that she was engaged to a man, uh, and she didn't want to talk about it because, and, and it turned out that there was a very like lesbian woman who also worked there, yeah. but she was kind of weird. So she didn't want to like be lumped in with, <laughs> with sure, her. Sure. Weird lesbian. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's hard when the only other lesbian at work is just happens to be a weirdo right. too. Yeah. <laughs> you don't so, want it to be the case. Yeah. But, yeah it's like, you, you don't see it. <laughs> if you don't feel safe, like definitely if you don't, feel don't safe, come out. Do yeah. It obviously depends on the context here. Like yeah. if you work, if you're a teacher at a, at a private Catholic school, maybe sure. don't come out or maybe don't teach at a fucking private Catholic school. Cool, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think with anything else, it's just a matter of your own confidence. And also, when you say something confidently, people are inclined to be like, "Oh, okay," you know, like. And, and if you're not with someone, and you can also make it up because nobody's going to fact check you. Yeah, drop your ex girlfriend. Yeah, you're I like, right. oh, Sometimes. my ex girlfriend loved that. Yeah, so whatever. The, and test the waters with sailing. Certain people at work. Yeah, too, if they're like, know? if a guy's like, oh yeah, I love sailing, be like, oh, my ex girlfriend used to sail. Like it doesn't yeah. have oh, to. Oh, my ex girlfriend wears Sperry top right. sliders. You can yes. relate it back. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. probably or true. Or you can make up a present. Yeah, exactly. Partner, whatever. Yeah, everyone I, does it. I think it does have to do with like your own feelings of like safety and comfort, yeah. and yeah, then, like checking in first. with like, oh, do I feel like safe in this space coming out? But also, do I feel safe in this space not being out? And yeah. like, it's there's. I mean, I think there are a lot of like questions of privilege involved there too. Yeah, and, sure. like, yeah. I am like a white cis like uh, queer woman, and mm-hmm. like I like think that I, I definitely like pass as straight in some contexts and then I do have to like make that effort but I also feel like quite safe in doing that um just like in the way that I because of the way that I present but also because of the spaces that I function in like I'm from San Francisco I work in New York yeah I like work like I'm an actor and I work as at like a restaurant where everyone's an artist yeah so I, like always felt Same. relatively comfortable and I yeah. recognize that there are like a lot of different like factors there and like yeah. levels of privilege or just like circumstances yeah. at play um mm-hmm. 
I don't know. Yeah, your safety comes first, but also I think maybe just kind of testing the waters with like a coworker that you get along with, you know, or like, I don't know. And also you kind of have to just think to yourself like, how much do I need my coworkers to really know about me? You know, it depends on the type of job, I guess, and how close you are with these people. And don't put yourself in an awkward situation by lying to pretend you're not queer. (laughs) I would say that 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 would get really weird. So, I mean, that did get a little bit weird for my ex because eventually she did come out, but she really never corrected anybody when they assumed. I think she even gave like when someone said, what's his name? I think, Gave she might have said Carl, yeah, yeah. you know, wow. said it. Yeah. yeah. So my seventh grade teacher did that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 With us. <laughs> and, and then it's a lot harder to come out after that. Cause then you have to explain yeah, to everybody that yeah. you lied. So yeah. yeah, avoid, avoid digging a hole. Uh, if you feel safe, just find a easy way to, to bring it into the conversation. I'm mm-hmm. sure there'll be many opportunities. Um, or again, just wear, um, diking out merch, diking out.com <laughs> slash merch. Yeah. Uh, and then, there you go. That's it's done. It. We'll do it for you. <laughs> yeah. Right away. All right. Uh, Olivia, plug all the things you have going on. Oh, yeah. Pl- I'm going to plug a couple things. Hell so yeah. I have yeah. my one-woman show about my OCD. I think I just did half of it on this podcast. <laughs> um, but that's happening August 22nd and 24th at 7 p.m. at The Tank in Midtown um, in New York City. Yeah. Um, it's on West 36. I'm not going to say the exact address because I might mess it up. Yeah. Uh, don't go to the wrong place. Um, but that's happening. Also, my next show with my comedy partner, Colette McIntyre, uh, at Stonewall is on August 15th called I Think We're Alone Now. Yes. Um, hit us up. We're going to have Colette on the podcast uh, next week's episode. Amazing. So we're excited about that. Colette's my favorite person. Uh, she might not say the same about me. But <laughs> okay. Well, we're going to ask her. Ask her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, oh, also just like shout out uh, to uh, like Dyke Soccer. I don't know if y'all have talked about Dyke Soccer at all or like met like with any concept? people. No, Dyke Soccer is oh, like a soccer group and it's like been my like saving grace recently. Oh, cool. I love soccer. It's like a space. We, it's like a group of like queers meet in bed to play soccer. It's kind I of gotten a lot of press. If you know Rana, yeah. I don't. She was a guest on the pod. She played like semi-professionally. Oh, no, she wild. played on the professional, on the Columbia national team. Oh wait, what's her name? Lorena Rossi? No, I don't know her. Oh, uh, yeah. So now she plays in like uh, other leagues, but I don't think she plays specifically okay, Dyke yeah. Soccer. Dyke Soccer is like, that is the name of the group. Oh, Dyke Soccer. Like, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. St- you know, whatever. Like, um, there's a woman, I don't know, do you know Alex Schmidt? She's like one of the co founders. No. Like, queer and about town. Okay. Um, but super fun space for queers to meet other queers and play soccer, which awesome. is like the love of my life. Soccer is the love of my life. That's so, great. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Social media at Olivia Levine 19 on Instagram. Uh, nice. I do not do the tweeting. It is so overwhelming for me. Yeah. Probably don't. has something to do with my OCD. I don't anxiety. recommend doing it. No. Um, yeah. I live anyway. on it and it's hell. Oh, and I think we're alone at, I think we're alone now on Instagram. The second O in now, that's a zero. Yes. Yeah. Got it. So, we'll plug it. We'll, we'll put it on the page. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's such a fun show. It is. A, it's a very fun so show. I've been doing it for like three years. Yeah. Uh, it's a good time Great. for sure. Great. Yeah. Cool. And you can follow us at Diking Out and uh, send us your questions at dykingout at gmail.com. Uh, come check out our Stonewall shows last Monday of the month. Um, Diking Out on Instagram. Uh, Every Gay Susan on Instagram. That's still still going strong. Sure I'm is. not posting as often as I could. But yeah, your submissions are A++. And you can follow me at TGI Carolyn on social media. And I'm at the Sarah York. 
And you can also get some uh, Diking Out merch like pins and temporary tattoos and access to extra episodes where we are very unfiltered. Uh, if you think this is unfiltered, just yeah. wait till you hear a Diking Off topic. Uh, so you can go to patreon.com slash Diking Out for that. Thank you so much uh, for listening. Olivia, thank you for being thank here. Thank you for having me. And everyone, Dike Out with us again next week. Bye. Bye. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.